Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast IDP Edition. I'm your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF, and I am happy to officially welcome you all to the NFL offseason, or as it's become known in Dynasty Circles, the on-season. We're opening it, opening it up today with my IDP Dynasty rankings. Um, it's been a minute since we've dropped an IDP show on the feed, so what better time than now to go through the top edges, linebackers, defensive tackles, safeties for dynasty purposes. I know I'm excited to get into it. I hope you are as well. So let's get it. let's go it's just me today as i add more idp episodes um in throughout the offseason i'll have some guests around uh from the world of, of idp to join me as we cover different topics but since we're just talking my dynasty ranks today i'll go over it alone since i'm aiming to be a bit more ambitious in how much i want to cover in today's show since um this could potentially save me some time just talking by myself here, but the first version of my top 250 IDP dynasty rankings are out now on pff.com, which you could check out for free. I'll also link the uh, description, the, the uh, I'll put the link in the episode description below. Um, obviously not going to cover all 250 today. That's insane. But what I will aim to do is cover the top 12 edges, linebackers, defensive tackles, and safeties in my rankings and then provide some kind of quick hitting reasons as to why they are where they are in the ranks. We'll see if I can knock that out in a decent time. Some players I'll probably spend some more time on than others, but we'll do my best to get the top 12s out in a timely fashion here for this show. Um, also, lastly, before I start, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I will have uh, my customized IDP player cards for every player that I cover in the top 12 today. So you don't have to stare at my ugly mug. Um, and if you are listening on audio as well, come on over to the YouTube. You can see the player cards. Um, I personally think they're worth it just to see all the production versus expected numbers for each idp discussed uh, and while you're here please like and subscribe to the channel it's a big help to me and if you want more idp content in the feed this is the perfect way to show your support and i personally would greatly appreciate it so thank you all right, before we get into it, I do want to remind you all that um, you can check out the PFF Mock Draft Simulator now if you haven't already. You could take control and draft for your favorite team or draft for the entire league, whatever you want. I know personally, I like to draft for all the teams, make my own mocks, try out different strategies for each team along the way. It's not only a great way to kill time before the actual NFL draft, which you know, a decent away way here in the offseason, but it's a ton of fun. If you love the draft and football, like so many of us do, you can use the promo code 30MDS right now on pff.com to get 30% off annual subscriptions, which includes all of our NFL draft content, which there will be a ton of. And also, uh, of course, access to the best mock draft simulator in the league here at PFF. So check it out now and go have yourself some fun. Again, that is promo code 30MDS. All right, let's get this Dynasty Rankings episode started here, and we'll start with the edge position. So keeping in mind that I'm considering these rankings true position, which is finally starting to become the norm now on Dynasty sites such as MFL, um, for instance. So shout out Gary Davenport for making that happen over there. Uh, but basically meaning that our stand-up outside linebackers, 
pass rusher types are, are going to be classified the same as our hand in the dirt defensive end pass rusher types they all get the same designation um the way the universe intended it to be so um this is also the position uh the edge position here that's really going to dominate the early portion of, of my combined ranking since there's less fluctuation with the position in terms of talented performers and consistently being you know top scorers and as well as staying power um because they rely heavily on their talent for production uh and that translates to long-term nfl value as well compared to linebacker for example which mostly relies heavily on on opportunity and these players are are tend to be more replaceable at linebacker as well so that, that that's the other part of it it's just overall replaceability as well right so quality edge rushers that you can comfortably start in your idp lineups on a weekly basis um that they aren't easily found on the waiver wire whereas we can often pick up a fill-in linebacker or safety uh filling in for an injured starter and, and get similar production um where we don't really get that along the defensive line as much so loading up on the edge position basically is all the more crucial here if you want to make sure you don't run into these problems um in season right so all right, that is uh, enough preamble here before we get started. Let's kick off the edge ranks with my top edge and number one dynasty asset. That is Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys. So first off, he's going to be just 25 years old at the start of the coming season. And he's had really no problem establishing himself as a true elite pass rusher in the NFL. And he's done so in every year that he's been in the league 90 plus pass rush grade in all three seasons cleared double digit sacks in all three seasons as well and keeping in mind too like we still haven't really seen that huge kind of blow up year where he comes close to 20 sacks or exceeds it and and wins defensive player of the year right but it feels like it's coming right i have no doubt about that so for that reason he leads the ranks now second straight year micah parsons is number one um previously i think his rookie year or coming out of his rookie year, I didn't have him in that spot, or I did closer to the year, I can't remember, but he, he was splitting his time, right, between off-ball and edge, and that could potentially hurt his IDP production, but full-time on the edge, we're mixing him in here with the rest of the edge defenders, and he is uh, a, a, about as great of an IDP asset that you can hope for in Dynasty, so Micah Parsons, definitely number one for me. Second one on the list is Nick Bosa, who also doesn't move from last year's rankings as edge two and IDP two. Now he did have a quieter season this past year, at least in the stats column, right? He won 2022 defensive player of the year, but gets just the 10 sacks this year, which maybe some were disappointed about, but here's what we have to remember. And something that's going to kind of be a recurring theme that I'll talk about all off season sacks are not a stable metric to rely on year to year, right? Those underlying pass rush metrics, which you'll see Nick Bosa is among the best in the league at those are. And, and for Bosa specifically, he's also, he also just set new career highs in his overall PFF grade this past year with a 92.7, as well as his pass rush grade, 92.6. And his total pressures with 95. So he's going to be just fine for IDP. I'd expect some positive regression for him in 2024, uh, the sack totals at least. So continue to target him among the elite at the position. 
At number three, one of my absolute favorites, the king of production and reliability, Mr. Max Crosby, coming off a 14 and a half sack season with a position leading 75 total tackles. Um, He didn't necessarily have like the elite pass rush metrics of a a Parsons or Bosa or Miles Garrett for for IDP purposes. The, The thing that really puts him in that same range as those guys is that he never leaves the field so he has the best production floor of the position and he's still one of the best pass rushers in the league right 83.9 pass rush grade um, this past year being nothing to scoff about so he'll be 27 come week one still very much in his prime so yes give me all the max crosby that my heart can handle Um, still love him obviously even for dynasty purposes uh, number four, the reigning defensive player of the year, deservingly so, by the way. The man is elite at everything he does, including extracting the tears of Steelers and TJ Watt stands. It's the legendary Miles Garrett. Um, the, the only thing that keeps him basically out of that top three range in Dynasty is that he's now 28, right? You'll see it here on the screen on YouTube. Don't forget to like and subscribe. That Not, not only that he's just t- turning 28, but... That tackle floor is the kind of the one thing that has been at least a detriment to his fantasy production. But when it comes to overall pass rush ability right now, he's second to none. He remains an elite dynasty asset, especially in those big play leagues, right? But, you know, maybe some of your more tackle heavy scoring, uh, you might push him down just a little bit, depending on who else you're looking at. But Miles um, Garrett's still one of the best in the league. And like I said, reigning defensive player of the year. Uh, number five, and the first new name to the top five this year is Aiden Hutchinson. Um, what an impressive sophomore season and another player where, again, sacks weren't necessarily there for him. You could see his sacks versus expected totals uh, being in the second percentile as far as delivering under what he should have. He's negative 4.4 sacks below expected, which, again, don't view that as necessarily a bad thing going forward. Instead, focus on his expected sack numbers, right? The reason his expected sack numbers are so high is because of his pass rush metrics, because of his playing time. So we can expect to see some positive regression in there as long as that those numbers um, remain stable going forward. But it's just a case of not getting that sack lock, unfortunately, right? And I, I, again, I definitely expect those numbers to come up, as, especially if he continues to play as well as he did in 2024. Top five win rate at the position, top 10 in pressure rate and PFF grade, fifth best pass rush grade for the position, and over 100 total pressures as well. He, he's just in a great spot to continue as a very high-end dynasty asset for years to come as he heads into year three here. Number six on the list and loser of the defensive player of the year in 2023. Um, no, he, he was my IDP MVP because of his box score production, right? But don't don't mistake that with NFL defensive player of the year, which should be taking into account what these players do on every single play as opposed to the smaller amount of plays where they produce a score in the traditional stat sheet, right? And that, that that's you know one of the things that helps us for IDP is that traditional stat sheet, but it's it's a different game in the NFL right that plays outside of the stat sheet um and that's just something that people have had trouble separating from from overall play as well according to some of the arguments for Watt as defensive player of the year online but 
Regardless, still a great IDP asset. It'll turn 30 during the 2024 season, which is why he's just outside the top five, but still, again, you know, very good at football. As you can see, his numbers on the screen here, still one of the very best in the league. So deserving of being a, uh, still considered an elite IDP asset. All right, number seven for me, Josh Allen of the Jacksonville Jaguars, not only helping me look smart this past offseason as I pumped his tires as, as someone that should be a great value, an IDP asset, but just really impressive numbers across the board this past year, setting new career highs in PFF grade, pass rush grade, sacks, pressures, win rate, pressure rate, quick pressure rate. Everything we can ask for in a breakout season, another young player as well. And, and the first one, actually, that, that we're covering today that is set to potentially be a free agent, though franchise tag feels most likely. But look at the player card here on YouTube for, for Josh Allen in 2023. Great stuff for him. Green across the board. I, I expect him to kind of keep it going beyond this season, regardless of, of where he ends up in free agency. But I do think he'll play uh, another year in Jacksonville, I think, under the franchise tag. Number eight is the 2023 Defensive Rookie of the Year, Mr. Anderson. Will Anderson posted some really strong numbers as a rookie, including an 11.5% quick pressure rate, which ranked eighth among edge defenders. Um, he had just the seven sacks, but again, for a position that we typically expect uh, time to develop out of college, Anderson looked great. Expect him to continue to get better. I, I saw no red flags in his game as a rookie to be concerned about his development going forward. I, I can easily see him being higher on this list come 2025's um, dynasty rankings, right? So uh, very excited about what's to come for Will Anderson. Now, number nine on this list, and th this one stings a lot because may maybe it's still too high for some considering the injury, but Jalen Phillips of the Miami Dolphins was on pace for a very big IDP season that we were expecting all offseason long, even when battling some of the minor injuries earlier in the year. But uh, unfortunately, a torn Achilles effed up the entire year for him, right? It's possible that it hinders him next year, but th this is a player that I expect to bounce back. We we've seen it from him already as far as being an excellent pass rusher in the league. Also, what he provides as far as production when on the field as a tackler as well. You, you could see it there on the screen. 94th percentile in tackles above expected. It, just a bummer that he, he isn't currently healthy. But I do have faith that he'll bounce back. And, and I understand if the risk is still too high for others who, who might push him down lower than this. But I'm a big fan of Jalen Phillips. I, I think he can bounce back and still can maintain a high dynasty value here going forward. Number 10, for me, uh, another potential free agent this offseason, Daniil Hunter, currently of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and speaking of a guy who's had to bounce back from injuries, right, and, and continues with elite production, Hunter should kind of be the prototype here for Jalen Phillips, right? He, Hunter had an insanely productive IDP season with 16 and a half sacks and 67 total tackles um, this past year. That's, that's close to as good as it gets, right? I, I don't have concerns uh, about landing spot really hindering him, um, but I think he'll, I, I just think he'll remain productive wherever he lands. He, he like TJ Watt, also turning 30 in season this year. So that's one reason to potentially move him down this list a, a bit. But again, another consistently productive IDP, which we love. Great tackler, 
great at delivering sacks and strong pass rush metrics. So again, regardless of landing spot, still really like Daniel Hunter for next season uh, and a little bit after that as well. Uh, number 11 is Hassan Reddick. Uh, currently with the Philadelphia Eagles, there's there's been some talks about him being a potential trade candidate this offseason, even though Reddick has expressed a desire to remain in Philly, but uh, th- that doesn't play a part in this current ranking of him. Um, the, the, the consistency of Reddick has just been really impressive for me. Uh, for a player that didn't even start in the NFL as an edge rusher. He's developed into a very productive player and one that has produced some really strong pass rush metrics over the past couple of years as well. He's another one of those edges with probably a lower production floor because he just doesn't put up much as a tackler. But the trade-off for those sacks is, is, is why he's still a great IDP asset, right? So double-digit sacks in each of the past three, uh, four seasons, I believe. So um, still like Hassan Reddick. I, I think he'll still be in Philly. We'll see what happens there. But uh, he's bounced around. He's been on other teams, and he's still remained uh, productive as well. So n- not seeing it as too much of a hindrance if he does leave the Eagles. And finally, number 12, it is Brian Burns, currently of the Carolina Panthers. Um, Yeah, so not sure for how much longer. We'll see what happens there in free agency and if he gets a franchise tag. But this one, so Brian Burns is interesting to me. It it was really close for me in this number 12 spot for Brian Burns and and Alex Highsmith. I I lean toward Burns just with him being slightly younger and, and really just having faith that he'll live up to this investment in him as a former first round pick um but that this to me at least is kind of his last chance to be in the top 12 for me he's been fairly stagnant as an nfl player and idp for the most part um without any like real huge steps in his development as that elite pass rusher that most of us assume that he can be right so you look at alex highsmith by comparison um who's number 13 for me i i I know, you know, he didn't have the sack totals this past year, Highsmith, um, but don't make me tap the sign again. He did set new career highs this past year as a pass rusher, including an 85.9 pass rush grade, 72 pressures, and a 90 overall PFF grade, right? All of which were better than Burns this past year. So that's what makes it super close for me. I need Brian Burns to kind of have that similar year where he takes that big next step, but so far, it's just been a lot of waiting uh, for Brian Burns uh, in that regard, but still have faith that he could potentially get there. But like I said, kind of that last chance uh, in the top 12 for me. All right, that is the edge position. Again, to see the rankings uh, of the rest of them, um, check out the full article on pff.com for free right now. The link is in the episode description as well. But let's move on to... The other defensive line position, the one that doesn't get enough love, in my opinion, uh, the interior defensive linemen or the defensive tackles, as they've been classified for IDP. And with these being true position rankings, I'm accounting for DT required leagues as well, right? So none of the combined DL stuff that you'll find on Sleeper, for example. So starting at the top, and, and this is, I would say, probably the biggest gap I have among the top spot and the rest across the IDP position, but it's Quinn and Williams. I don't think it's particularly close. Now, I already know what people are thinking, uh, and it's probably because I need to tap the sign again. Uh, just five and a half sacks in 2023. I don't care. He, he had 12 and a half in 2022, and what he did this year on the field was actually better than how he performed in 2022. So, Again, just showing kind of the volatility of sacks 
totals year to year, especially among defensive tackles, uh, we'll have some wild swings there throughout the years, right? But Quinn and Williams was as dominant as anyone this past year, setting new career highs in pass rush win rates, pressure rate, quick pressure rate, total pressures. All of those ended up being top three marks for his position. And you can see those totals uh, here on YouTube as well. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, so again, if you're devaluing Quinnen by comparing his 2022 sack totals to 2023, you're doing it wrong. Uh, he's in his prime at 26 years old. He's established now as one of the elites at his position. There's just no DT that I'd rather have right now heading into 2024 than Quinnen. So bless you. Thank you. Quinnen Williams is DT number one for me. Uh, all right, number two, and this is where my first kind of changing of the guard happens because I have Jalen Carter in this spot of the Philadelphia Eagles ninth overall pick in 2022, and he looked the part as a, as a rookie, right? So 85.9 pass rush grade, which was sixth for his position, and 89.0 PFF grade, which was fifth, and he tied with Quinn and Williams in quick pressure rate. So quick pressure rate being two and a half seconds or less delivering a pressure, um, and, and he was sixth in, in pass rush win rate. So these are remarkable numbers for a rookie, and maybe it's a lot to bank on on a rookie season here, but this is the kind of guy that had the pedigree coming in, hit the ground running in the NFL. I, I have full faith in Carter going forward as a player that I could see easily establishing himself as an elite IDP option for years to come, just 22 years old as well. So th there's a lot to love here for, for dynasty purposes. Uh, number three, speaking of elite pass rushers at the position, Chris Jones, year after year, delivering some of the best pass rush metrics for his position. And, and 2023 was no different. 90.3 pass rush grade, finished first in quick pressure rate and overall pressure rate for the position as well uh, as a top five pass rush win rate. Uh, he's potentially going to a new team in 2024. We'll see. But he has the talent that will transfer transfer over. Um the only thing, again, super low tackle floor, had the lowest tackles versus expected number for the position at minus 30.5, um, which has just never been a, a part of his game, right? He's going to be 30 come week one as well, but the big play upside is still elite for Chris Jones, whether he's in Kansas City or he ends up somewhere else. Um, this is still one of the very best pass rushers at the position in the league. So He's number three for me. Uh, number four is Jeffrey Simmons uh, of the Tennessee Titans, another consistent producer who is still very much in his prime, puts up good tackle and sack numbers relative to the position on an annual basis. And someone I, I'd have no problem leaving locked in my lineups as a DT1 option. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, you're looking at the player card, a lot of green there, a lot of positive um, metrics for, for Jeffrey Simmons to rely on and still relatively young as well. So he's he's among one of the better DT options and he's going to be a volume heavy guy too. He plays a ton of snaps. So um, we'll, we'll see how a new coaching staff potentially changes that, but I don't think so. I think he's one of those players you leave on the field because he does everything well um, and is an asset on, against the run and against and as a pass rusher. So Jeffrey Simmons is number four. And at number five, very similar to me um, with, with Simmons is DeForest Buckner of the Indianapolis Colts. And, and really the only difference is that Buckner is a few years older than Simmons now, but has actually been a better player. So it's really close between these two. You look at Buckner's numbers on the screen here, 97th percentile in tackles versus expected, and another guy with green across the board in his pass rush metrics. How much longer he'll keep it going at that level, I don't know. Um, 
but I don't have any reason to really believe that it'll be this coming year at least. So that that keeps him very valuable for me. And, and another guy that would be a locked-in IDP starter in, in DT required leagues every single week. So DeForest Buckner uh, really just hasn't done anything to, to prove that he should be outside of this range for me. And now we get outside of that top five range and to number six. And this is maybe where things get interesting because this is where Aaron Dol- Donald falls for me. And I don't want anyone to take this as it's him falling off or anything like that because you you look at his pass rush metrics and they are still among the very best at the position. It's kind of crazy. He, he led the position in pass rush win rate this past year at 22%, second in pass rush grade and PFF grade for the position, and then he was top five in pressure rate and quick pressure rate at 32 years old, mind you. So I, I guess – that's kind of where the fall in the ranks comes for me in in dynasty at least because there's already been the Aaron Donald retirement talk for a few off seasons now so it just doesn't feel like there's much time left with in my opinion the greatest defensive player at all of all time so still elite again we'll continue to ride him into the sunset until he decides to hang them up but still love Aaron Donald but for dynasty purposes does start to kind of creep down these rankings just a little bit as he gets closer to the end of his NFL career uh number seven is Christian Wilkins a potential free agent but as of now a Miami Dolphin coming off a really impressive season well two seasons really and I think what's most interesting about him is that he's done it in different ways right in 2022 we saw him post insane tackle numbers and lead the position with like 100 total tackles or something crazy like that then in 2023 naturally those tackle numbers regressed but we we saw him deliver big in the sack column right with nine sacks after just four the year before so there's a lot to like uh, about Wilkins. We'll, we'll see what happens with him this offseason, but I still really like him as an IDP asset. He's been productive in multiple different ways now, which is promising to see, even if he doesn't necessarily have the elite pass rush metrics uh, of some of his peers on this list, he's still up there uh, among the best in the league. Uh, number eight is Jonathan Allen of the Washington Commanders. And actually, I believe... In my article, he's probably higher than this, but I've already made changes uh, as I continue to tinker here in the offseason and moved him down. But I love Allen as a player, and and perhaps it's my love for him that had my had me a little overzealous in the initial ranking. But I do still feel good about him as a top twelve asset. Tackle sack numbers are, are right around where you'd expect to be from a high end defensive tackle. Plays a ton of snaps, so can lean on that volume to be productive. Um, and, and still posts strong pass rush metrics for the upside as well, including a top 10 pass rush win rate for the position. He did have a terrible run defense grade this year, which is concerning. It hasn't really been the norm for him. He's been closer to average in that regard, but it's not something I want to put too much stock into just yet, but definitely something to keep an eye on. And another player that is getting a bit older as well. So I, I could perhaps afford to move him even lower on this list, but just been a, a very productive IDP and still uh, one of the better defensive tackles in the league. All right. Number nine is maybe the most interesting name on this entire list and and one that i think people are gonna vault even higher in their rankings than this based on his 2023 season alone but it's justin matabuike of the baltimore ravens um an incredible 13 sacks in 2023 including an nfl record tying 11 straight games with at least a half sack really excellent stuff from matabuike now 
here's where maybe I come off as a bit of a downer and, and an area where I'd be happy to be wrong because I, I really like him as a player, but I, I do expect significant regression from Matt Buike in 2024. And, and maybe significant is too strong a word, but basically I'd be surprised if he hits that double digit sack total again. I mean, you look at the top sack leaders for the position every year, how many of them are able to repeat in, in that double-digit range uh, at the defensive tackle position. It, it's basically been Aaron Donald and, and Chris Jones for years, and even Donald didn't get there last year. So unless you're considering him kind of the next version of those two, which I don't, I, I, I think you know te- tempering expectations for Matt Abuike makes the most sense here. Even thinking about Deron Payne from last year, remember he had that, I think, 11 and a half sacks or so and came back down to earth, even though he was really good um, and, and still a good productive IDP. I, it, you might see something similar here for at Matt Abuike in 2024. Um, he was 18th in, in pass rush grade. He tied for 15th in win rate, 24th in quick pressure rate in 2023. Plus could be potentially going to a new team as a pending free agent. There's kind of a lot to take into account here, right? But that being said, I do believe he's a very talented player and one of the better IDP defensive tackle assets for Dynasty, but just understanding kind of the volatility of the position keeps him from soaring kind of too high in these ranks for me, at least without seeing, you know, another year of him doing it basically. Uh, Okay, number 10, it's sexy Dexy, Dexter Lawrence, who has quietly led his position in pass rush grade in each of the past two years now, just four and a half. Uh, sacks this past year uh, tap sign but incredible pass rush metrics at 26 years old for a nose tackle in 2023 he finished again first in pass rush grade second in win rate he tied for fifth in quick pressure rate sixth in overall pressure rate third in run defense and first in overall grade as a nose tackle so just being such a massive human uh, living in the a gap might be also what kind of keeps his sack totals in check year to year but man what a player and, and one that's hard to ignore for dynasty purposes so he, he he makes the top 10 for me um just barely here with with a couple other names that are also close uh, and number 11 is javon hargrave of the san francisco 49ers who uh, another guy like chris jones getting older, but consistently producing high-end pass rush metrics for the position. Just the seven sacks this past year. And I saw, you know, just be, because he had 11 in 2022. Uh, just, I don't know what I'm saying there. He, he had 11 in 2022. Um, yeah, just the seven sacks. I say just because he had 11 in 2022 is what I was trying to say. But still, a, a top-end defensive tackle, especially in those big play leagues with Seemingly plenty of gas left in the tank. I'm a big Hargrave fan, so he'll stick in that top 12 for me, uh, at least for another year here. Number 12, uh, it is the 2023 tackle machine that was the Carolina Panthers' Derek Brown. So he surpassed even Christian Wilkins' insane 2022 tackle total with 108 this past year, um, giving some linebackers a, a run for their money, really. So now he did just have the two sacks, and that, that's really never been a big part of his game so far in the NFL. And, and not saying that it can't because, because you know, his pass rush grade was fine, 78.1, which was, I think, 17th for the position. But if we're expecting regression in those tackle numbers, which 
we are, um, then repeating as a top scoring DT is going to be difficult without those um, high end pass rush metrics to maybe boost up his big plays a little bit. But I, I do think he continue can continue to be very good going forward. And, and another player still in their prime currently at just 25 years old, posting uh, elite overall grades for the position as well. So that's the top 12 defensive tackles in dynasty for me again you could check out the full article on pff.com for free you could see the the link in the description as well um, to to see the rest all right quick ad break here uh if you have a family, then you need to get term life insurance pr- to protect them. It's Fabric by Gerber Life. It's one of the smartest financial decisions you can make, and the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done so you can focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies to fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes, and then it's and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to cover in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. Uh, M-E-E-T fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Okay. On to everyone's favorite IDP position. It's the linebackers. I I think I have like 70-something linebackers ranked. um, But we'll focus on the top 12 again here. And linebacker is a weird position to rank for Dynasty because it's proven to be such a replaceable position over the years. Um, I, I consider kind of my linebacker Dynasty rankings more of like a confidence ranking than anything that these guys will be able to stick around as starters for multiple more seasons and be productive as a result, right? So proven production, definitely considered as well, but mostly looking at guys who I think are good enough, and I think the NFL will view as good enough to consider them long-term starters at the position. So let's start at the top. Number one is Roquan Smith. He is held in the highest regard here, not just as a linebacker that the NFL views highly, and really shouldn't have trouble remaining a starter for future seasons. But the the tiebreaker for me is that he is one of the truly elite tacklers at the position as well. This past year, 99th percentile in tackles over expected, and he's finished among the elite in that regard for three straight seasons now, which is the, the level of consistency that we really love from the position. So He's still the top dog for me, just 26 years old right now, should stick around for a very long time, um, and that is number one. Number two is close, and that is Fred Warner of the San Francisco 49ers. Um, And yeah, just similar thought process for number two on this list, right, with with Warner and Roquan Smith of the 49ers being viewed in a similar light by the NFL as an elite player at the position. And he's proven that too. Number one graded linebacker again here at PFF this past season isn't necessarily like the tackler that Roquan is, which has kind of the, which was kind of the tiebreaker for me, but still an excellent IDP one that I have no concerns about long-term. So I'm in, I'm fine investing highly on him uh, for dynasty purposes, even if he comes in lower in redraft ranks, if that makes sense for, for dynasty, I feel a lot better uh, about Fred Warner um, for years to come. Number three is Foye Aluakon of the Jacksonville Jaguars for me. And I was starting to think that the NFL, you know, might 
end up being lower on him. But the Jags, they, they paid him in free agency a couple of years ago. And all he's done is earn strong grades, be among the league leaders in total and be among the league leaders in total tackles in each of the past three seasons. So he's had at least 170 total tackles each year since 2021 consistently among the leaders and tackles over expected as well. Um, he's really just been one of the prototypes for IDP linebackers in recent years. I don't see his long-term future in jeopardy really. So that keeps him as a top asset for me. And, and I feel perfectly fine going after him as the third guy in dynasty leagues. I mean, if you want to move him up, if you want him to be two or even one, I wouldn't argue it. Um, again, there's probably slightly more concern long-term than like a Roquan or Fred Warner, but it's not much at this point. He's, he's been, he's proven himself to be um, well-deserved to be among this group. Number four, super close to crack, cracking that top three for me as well. It's Nick Bolton of the Kansas city chiefs. I, I think, you know, for Bolton, the only thing that really gives me any sort of hesitancy in having him higher on this list is Kansas City's defense occasionally playing shenanigans at the position. And we just saw them give that contract extension to Steve Spagnolo today, actually. So those shenanigans may not be going anywhere. That being said, it's less of a concern with Nick Bolton, who he has relied on heavily, um, close to 100% of snaps, including these past playoffs as well, where he didn't miss a defensive snap. So that is very encouraging, in my opinion, and, and another high-end tackler at the position as well. So he'll be a constant threat for that top five dynasty linebacker for me, uh, I feel like, going forward. Number five, yes, my guy, TJ Edwards comes in at number five, just consistently producing and overcoming his UDFA status uh, as when he came into the league, posting good to very good PFF grades year in and year out. He's look, he's locked in as a starter for Chicago. There's no reason for them to move off of him considering his contract and, and the level of play as well. So I'm expecting him to just continue producing at that, that high end level. And, and for at least a few more years here, and one of my favorite IDP linebackers to target, just super steady. Um, and we'll drop in the occasional big play as well. So we like to see that from, from TJ Edwards. Uh, and number six as well, Ernest Jones of the Los Angeles Rams delivering the breakout season that we all knew he could in 2023. He finished 97th percentile in tackles versus expected, posted an elite 90 run defensive grade um, and an 82.1 overall grade, right? So where he was most impressive was that run defense, right? So ridiculous against the run plus 22.5 total tackles over expected against the run. That is the highest mark for his position. And in something we love to see from a 24 year old linebacker who should be locked in as a starter uh, going forward in Los Angeles. I think there's a lot to like about Ernest Jones going forward. So he is one of the top IDP linebacker assets for me. Logan Wilson of the Cincinnati Bengals is number seven on the list for me. And th this is the perfect kind of example of where my confidence in him being a long-term starter in the NFL trumps what he's done as an IDP so far, right? The Bengals have him locked up through 2028. So he just isn't going anywhere as a starter, which is harder to say for names later in these linebacker rankings who have proven to be more productive players, right? You just look at 
the tackle versus expected numbers on the screen here for Wilson in 2023 among the bottom of his position in efficiency. So there's definitely concern there, but we, we can see those tackle numbers bounce back as well. And as long as he keeps getting an opportunity to start, which doesn't seem like it'll be an issue, we can value him highly in Dynasty at least. So he's another one, I think, where uh, there, there'll at least be a decent discrepancy in my redraft ranks compared to my Dynasty ranks for, for Logan Wilson. I'd be much lower on him in redraft. Bobby Okereke of the New York Giants is number eight for me. He's going to be 28 at the start of this coming season, which isn't old, just a small factor in him coming in here. But he's been perfectly productive IDP for for most recent years. Um, There really isn't a concern about his starting status either as he's signed pretty much long term with the New York Giants. Um, we'll, We'll see what happens with a new defensive coordinator in New York this year. But there really isn't enough of a concern there for me to push him too far down i don't mind even to swap him with logan wilson here either i I might actually move him one spot up we'll see um however you want to approach really kind of this next batch of guys is up to you again this is just version one so i'll move it i'll move some things around as free agency and the draft are are bound to shake things up though maybe not so much for for bobby o here um so I, i do like him still in this range Zaire Franklin is number nine for me, coming off a career year in terms of just overall production. He seems to establish himself as the Colts LB1, at least for another season. Uh, He's one of those players, like, I I can see him being kind of foyer-esque in that if he does go to a new team, could get a decent deal in the 2025 offseason, that is, just based on him being so productive and then being viewed as kind of an LB1 type starter, even on a new team. He was 93rd percentile in tackles versus expected this past season, which was very good. Um, Grades were just average, though this could really go either way. So with those average grades, right? That's where the, kind of the questions come in. We, we already start to see some of the risk in, in investing too heavily in the linebacker position because already here in the latter half of the top 12 linebackers, we start to kind of question maybe how long these guys can be long-term NFL starters and producers, which we really didn't have with the defensive line positions, right? So that's something to keep in mind as, as we keep going here as well. And then as you're doing your own dynasty rankings or going through drafts as well is, is how much confidence do you have in certain players at certain positions um, for, for the long term? Uh, number 10 is Quay Walker of the Green Bay Packers and a player that has first round draft capital to their name has been relatively productive as well and, and should get, I think, Plenty of starting opportunities due to that investment in him. Um, It's still super early in his NFL career, just 23 years old. So can hit his stride and and, and deliver much higher production numbers quickly here, but could also fade like, like a Kenneth Murray type where they just don't provide the return on investment and are just kind of jags in the NFL, right? Which hurts their dynasty value. So again, could see it going either way here with Quaker, but I'm betting on him putting it together. It is probably more of a point again toward the landscape of the position in Dynasty and that there's just so much uncertainty with the linebacker position. But the things you do like again with Quay Walker is that first round draft capital investment and that he's already an every down starter for the Green Bay Packers, right? So that definitely helps him going forward. 
Moving to number 11, uh, a player that I'm starting to feel better about, especially in comparison to his rookie season when he kept losing snap snaps to Chad Muma. It's Devin Lloyd of the Jacksonville Jaguars, probably the most improved player on this list, maybe along with the next guy who we'll talk about in a sec. But one he won back that starting every down role and delivered an elite 90.3 run defense defense grade this past year, which was fourth among linebackers, uh, along with perfectly fine production numbers as well, right? So this is another 2022 first round pick. So again, the team heavily invested in him and should continue to get chances to start and, and someone I can see getting better here over time. So I really like what Lloyd showed in 2023 after a disappointing rookie season. So could be a future riser for me if he keeps it going. And speaking of risers, a player who probably rose more than anyone else in my eyes with his impressive 2023 season coming in at number 12, it's Quincy Williams of the New York Jets. Now, as far as overall tackle production, he didn't necessarily improve and in fact continued to kind of be below average in that regard. Um, But where he made up for that in his at least in dynasty value was it just his overall play right so 10th in pff grade at the position second in coverage grade and he made second team all pro right these are going to be kind of the accolades and accomplishments that keep him viewed highly in nfl circles especially that all pro nod so he should now be someone that i think continues to get those starting chances if he could raise that tackle production uh with more opportunities going forward would like that even more for quincy williams so um, yeah, he he sneaks into the top 12 here for me. Um, but yeah, that that's the top 12 linebackers. It, it's a tight, tight group, especially as we kind of move down the list. And, and you'll see it when you look at the full rankings uh, on the site. There's plenty of names who, who could be up here. But as of now, this is how things shake out for me. We'll see if free agency or the draft changes much um, at all for the for the next time we do this. But I'm sure it will. Um, all right. Final position here, I've talked a lot in this episode, but I haven't yet talked about one of my favorite positions, the safeties, where I've decided that a changing of the guard was warranted and I moved my beloved, my precious out of the top spot for a new number one and number two at the position. So we'll get into it here and we will start with number one. Kyle Hamilton of the Baltimore Ravens is number one for me as far as dynasty safeties go. Year two established himself as one of the elite overall players at his position. Uh, we, you know, we talk about those accolades and accomplishments, right? And, and he's one that should continuously be in those all pro conversations going forward. Posted a 91, 90.1 coverage grade this past year, an 86.0 overall grade among the best in the league. Didn't have, interestingly enough, the amazing tackle numbers this year. Uh, especially when you consider his usage, but he he made up for it in big plays. 2.8% big play rate was fifth best at his position. He also had 1.4% tackle for loss or no gain rate, which was also top five. So making those plays around or or behind the line of scrimmage, which, which is key here going forward. So to me, he should be one of those players that just continuously gets the ideal IDP alignments, allow for that great production and those big plays. I feel very comfortable making Kyle Hamilton kind of the usurper to Derwin's throne, especially considering he's just 22 years old as well and doing it at a high level. So uh, Kyle Hamilton is the new safety one for Dynasty for me. 
Though a very close number two here is Antoine Winfield Jr., another young player who has established himself among the very best at the position. Finished this past year first in PFF grade, first in run defensive grade, ninth in coverage grade, and posted a very impressive plus 59, 15, sorry, plus 15.9 tackles versus expected, which was the 93rd percentile among safeties. Now, he is expected to potentially hit free agency. We'll see what happens as far as how Tampa Bay treats him with franchise tag or extension or whatever. Um, but just 25 years old, one of the best safeties in the league. I don't think there's really any concern where he lands. He should continue to be productive and, and continue to be considered one of the best safeties uh, in the NFL. So no concerns about free agency affecting Antoine Winfield's um, status as the number two safety in Dynasty for me. Number three is where my guy Derwin James lands. So not falling too far because he's still been just uber consistent for a position that doesn't have much consistency, right? The only safety to finish among the top five in tackles versus expected in each of the past three years. That level of consistency in an inconsistent position is just so hard to find. So he isn't falling too far down these ranks for me. Just 27 years old as well. Derwin Still a king, in my opinion, um, and losing that number one spot, but still love him enough to keep him in the top three. Uh, number four is Jaquan Brisker of the Chicago Bears. So another one of those young kind of ascending players. He'll be entering year three. Um, he just, again, another player that strikes me as one that can be a consistent producer on a year in and year out basis. You look at his, his tackle numbers versus expected plus 19.9 tackles over expected, especially against the run. He was one of the best safeties, actually technically the best safety against the run as far as tackles versus expected goes, plus 15 and a half over expected against the run, which was the, the leading mark for the position. Um, solid PFF grades, nothing to be concerned about there. It's going to be a starter in Chicago for, for a few more years here at least, and then we'll see what happens once his rookie contract is up. But full faith in Jaquan Brisker as one of those um, long-term IDP safety contributors here. And now is where things kind of get interesting to, for, for, for me, right? Because I have Cameron Curl uh, of the Washington Commanders as number five on the list. He He's a pending free agent, um, but really that typical – he's been more of that typical kind of box safety, right? And and that I think is something that could continue to regardless of landing spot. I think that's how he'll be viewed in free agency. His consistency as a tackler as well, delivering tackles above expected on a year in year out basis, even when taking into account the high percentage of snaps that he plays in the box is just really impressive. And that that's what's most promising for, for IDP purposes for me going forward. Again, landing spots up in the air. We'll see what happens. Obviously, I'd love if, you know, he landed in a situation where he was um, uh, Gus Bradley's box safety in, in Indianapolis or something like that. Because, again, it just allows him to, to play to his strengths and be that efficient box safety tackler that, that we love for IDP. And, and he did it again this year with 100-something tackles. So, Cameron Curl, still on the list for me. And, and very similar for Curl to me is Kyle Duggar, who comes in as at number six. Um, also a pending free agent as well, so we'll see. But again, one of those kind of prototypical box safety types when you're where, where you're getting the most from him in those ideal IDP alignments. And I, I think, you know, somebody that 
could be viewed highly in NFL circles if he does hit the open market since Bill Belichick considered him a high-end option. I think that carries some weight here for Kyle Duggar, but also I think in the way that teams will plan to utilize him if they do sign him um, is going to be beneficial for for IDP purposes as well. He's another one of those guys too, posted over 100 total tackles uh, this past year, so just been a super productive IDP, and yeah, I, I definitely have a type here with these ideal alignments being the key, but Kyle Duggar is one of those guys that I think could continue in that uh, in those kind of alignments, regardless of where he lands. But um, not everybody is is a typical box safety that makes this list because number seven is Minka Fitzpatrick of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know, you know, people are saying, but he was Shinka Fitzpatrick this year. Um, but <laughs> what did I say? Stinka Fitzpatrick? Yeah, I think I said Shinka. That doesn't matter. Injuries, you know, again, he wasn't great this year, you know, for people that invested heavily in him um, in 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 redraft this season because he was drafted highly. But injuries were, were the thing, right? That that's what hurt him this year. It's worth noting that for him, much like Derwin James, he's been just an elite tackler at the position, even this year um, playing just under 550 snaps he delivered plus 17.3 tackles versus expected which was 95th percentile for the position so that's really hard to do to build um about you know to to build that big of a number um on so few snaps relative to others at his position but it's been something that he's consistently done this somehow throughout his career, despite the typical uh, deep safety alignments and despite me um, bobbling, uh, calling him stinkish. It's Patrick, but he, he's been excellent. It's hard to argue the production from him. If he's healthy is considered one of the top safeties in the league, 27 years old. I'd imagine will continue to be viewed as a top starting option in the NFL as well. Uh, number eight, so okay so this is where i maybe cheat a little bit and and this might change when i update these ranks but brian branch of the detroit lions is my number eight safety and i i say safety because he's really a corner so while he's still currently listed as a safety on most fantasy platforms that should probably change as true position updates come through and and that means that i'm going to be moving him out of the safety ranks and as he'll be the number one corner if that's the case but all that said it's worth looking back at his rookie season as an incredibly encouraging year as he delivered elite tackles versus expected numbers on top of a ridiculous 3.56% big play rate, excellent PFF grades across the board, doing this without being a full-time starter for most of the year as well. So you have to imagine that he'll have a larger opportunity in 2024 considering his high level of play, in which case I can feel very good about him for, for dynasty purposes. So a lot of promising stuff from Brian Branch as a rookie. Um, number nine is Grant Delpit. If you can't tell, I, I really trust these guys who I believe will have those ideal IDP alignments, you know, playing mostly in the box with some slot and defensive line mixed in there as well. And then the guys that have shown to be productive went in those roles as well, right? So he, he was in the midst of a career year before suffering the the, the injury that ended his season. Should be healthy for, for a new season. I, I thought he was really impressive this past year. And you could see, and somebody that I could see being kind of a perennial 100 tackle player at the position as long as he's healthy, right? So that that's going to be obviously the key. But Grant Elpit with the Cleveland Browns, uh, I really liked what we got from him this year. So he he's remaining high in the ranks uh, going into this season. 
Um, all right, fine. Uh, here's a deep safety for you uh, to join Minka on the list. Number 10 is Jesse Bates of the Atlanta Falcons. So his first year with the Falcons delivered a position leading 31.1 tackles over expected, while also, also posting top three marks in PFF grade, run defensive grade, and coverage grade. Uh, he's 27 years old. He's locked in as a starter for, for many more years here. Um, now, I would imagine that those tackle numbers come down next year. It's just bound to happen, but um, you can't deny the staying power as one of the top end safeties that that he showed to be this this past year on a brand new team as well. So a lot of confidence in Jesse Bates sticking around um, and being IDP relevant. Uh, number 11, and, and maybe this will be controversial. I, I don't know, but my my number 11 safety is Xavier McKinney, uh, currently of the New York Giants. And, and this definitely could go either way, depending on where he lands in free agency as well. But I'm viewing him as another one of those safeties that has established themselves as one of the better options at the position, um, even led all safeties in PFF coverage grade this past year with a 91.2 grade. Posted 115 total tackles as well. Was 87th percentile in tackles versus expected. No idea what will happen this offseason with him. But as things stand right now, he he has the talent. He's got the draft capital, his second round, former second round pick. And now has the production behind him to make it into this top 12 for me. So I, I really like what we saw out of Xavier McKinney this past year. And, and have some confidence in him going forward. All right, last one for this list uh, for today. I, I had to put another rookie on here. It's Jordan Battle of the Cincinnati Bengals, who didn't get a starting job until the latter half of the year where his play and, and talent just pushed Nick Scott out of that starting lineup. And not only did he grade incredibly well for a rookie, he was top 20 across the board for his position, but his production was among the best at his position as well. 96th percentile in tackles versus expected, which when I covered him pre-draft, my only real concern for him coming out of Alabama was that he was a he wasn't a very efficient tackler despite being a very good looking prospect. So pleasantly surprised to see those numbers turn around here in year one in the NFL. And, and if he could come close to that over an entire season, uh, as he should now kind of be given the reins of a full time starting job in year two, he could be one of the best IDP assets at the position. All right, that is going to do it um for today I, I covered a lot here over the past 60 minutes or so but there, there's plenty more rankings to dive into in the article for free again on pff.com you could check it out now the link is in the episode description let me know what you think a am i too high or too low on certain idps do you agree with where i have a lot of these guys do you just enjoy idp content if so hit me with a like and subscribe on youtube so that we can keep pumping out more idp content over the off season i, I would greatly appreciate it and i'll be looking to bring on some idp guests in the near future as well to cover things like free agency the drafts we'll, we'll talk breakouts we'll talk rankings all of that fun stuff as we continue uh the on season so thank you all so much for watching and until next time peace out